what what you have and like when you are working for something and you're putting in your sweat equity like is is more value in that versus like if it were just given to you welcome everybody to the dream lifestyle podcast your place to build your faith and master your craft in this conversation we are going to be talking about how to succeed at work by involving god in other words how to improve your productivity based on biblical principles and to have this conversation i have my beautiful wife here with me hello, joy hello people <laughs> i'm back <laughs> yes you are back and it's always a pleasure having you um to start off i want to ask you what are you doing right now to intentionally grow ah okay that's good that is a good question so one of the things that i'm doing to um, be intentional about my growth is fast more and like more often. Okay. Um, I think it's so common to, um, well, probably not even common, but we typically with church, you know, do a fast at the beginning of the year for 21 days of prayer. And then maybe again around Easter. But what I've learned is um, by giving up and foregoing something, like I am disciplining myself. I am learning how to say no to myself because it is so easy to like want gratification now or kind of, especially when you're in a position where you can kind of buy anything you want, you can afford what you want. You don't have to rely on someone else to provide or meet any type of needs for you. So it's very easy to just say yes to yourself all the time. Um, and so what I'm trying to do is like work on just self-discipline and self-control. And I found a way to do that is by fasting. And also it gives me time to like in that time where I'm like, oh, I'm not eating food. Or if I'm fasting from something else, like I'm really like, Lord, help me get through because it's a challenge. Like I, I'm struggling, but I'm like, God, like I just need another hour. Like, Lord, like I'm really relying on God to get me through the fast. And so between, um, again, the reliance on him and also having discipline to tell myself no, that has, um, that's what I'm doing to intentionally grow. I love that. And I think with, to pull just some things out of your answer, you know, it is, and you kind of mentioned at the end, building the self-discipline, right? Because mm -hmm. there is a, a power just on a personal level, on a, just a regular human level when it comes to sacrificing, mm -hmm. that it does build that self-discipline, right? Yes. I, I call it as it, it makes it um, easier to not negotiate with yourself. <laughs> you know, when you're able to really just internally just decide, okay, I'm not going to do X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. In your case, right, with fasting, it's okay, I'm not going to eat for whatever period of time, right? But that shows itself in a lot of other areas, right? Mm -hmm. And it shows in what you're going to do, and what you're not going to do as well, but you're able to build that self-discipline to always basically overcome feelings, overcome obstacles, whatever it is, again, to just build that self-discipline. But then also at the same time, and you said it, you know, you're sacrificing, but you're also making a very intentional effort to rely on God during that process. Yes. And I think that is, that's really good. Talk to me about just what does that relying on God piece look like for you? Like when it comes to, okay, we're fasting and even just, and, and talk about it just in a, in a general way, then talk about it in the fasting, like in terms of, you know, being intentional with God, involving God. Yeah. So for me, what relying on God looks like is being honest about where my strength ends and where I need him to step in. 
Um, and it's actually vocalizing this. Like during the day, um, I can be like, Laura, I don't know. Like, I don't know the answer. I don't have it. Please help me. Um, or if it's like, God, I don't think that I can get through this. I don't think I'm going to make it to the next hour without food. Like, please help me. Um, and so it's being aware of, I am human. I have human nature, but I serve a supernatural God. And so I know that my power might be limited, but through him, his power is unlimited. There's no end to the supply. So um, I vocalize when I do not have the answer, when I cannot do something. And it's being vulnerable with God enough to say, this is what I have. I'm giving it to you. I know you can do something with it. Um, so that's what relying on God looks like for me. And I think it really applies to what what we're talking about in terms of involving God in the actual work. Mm -hmm. um, because you said it, right? Like understanding where your strength ends. Like I, I look at it as it's an 80-20 rule, basically, in effect, where 80% is kind of just where our human ability is in terms of our skills, our knowledge, all that type of stuff. But there is a remaining 20% that is totally God, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that applies to the biggest of goals, the biggest of positions, the highest of positions, whatever situation anyone's in, there always is that 80% where like we're responsible for in terms of, you know, just productivity wise, time management, mm -hmm. you know, doing what we say we're going to do, being, um, having integrity, things of that nature. But there also is a remaining 20% that we have to understand is just, this is where I end. Like, yes, I'm doing this grand, grandiose thing, mm -hmm. whatever it is. I'm going for this big goal. I'm going for this promotion. I want to start this business. I want to do these things, whatever it is, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. But it's really just understanding and it's kind of having a level of humility in it and saying, okay, I got my 80%, but I also am trusting God with the 20 and I believe, to your point, because we serve a supernatural God who works all things together for the good of those who believe in him and trust him, mm -hmm. that that 20% is going to work out. But I have to make sure I do my 80% part yeah. because too often people are, you know, focused on, you know, the 20% and how the 20% is so unknown, which it really isn't if you believe in the promises of God. But they're so focused on, well, God, how are you going to do How are you going to do it? Where they only end up doing like 40% of their 80% and then they're wondering why nothing's working out. And God's like, I'm going to meet you at the 80%, not the <laughs> 30%. Like I've called you to do at least 80%, mm -hmm. you know, because I think there is a level of um, sweat equity that God wants us to put into his promises. Because the thing is, you know, when, when it comes to earning things, when it comes to accomplishing things, whatever it is, you care about it a lot more when you work for it. Mm -hmm. That's just a fact. No doubt. Yeah. And of course, we believe in a God that provides and miracle signs and what all that stuff is wonderful. Yeah. But... If God is not going to bless us with something that we're not really going to take care of. No, right. That reminds me of like when you are a teenager and you get your first car, uh, a lot of the times, you know, parents, if you're fortunate enough, parents will like give you a car that is a rinky dink car for your first car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that $1,500 car. Yeah. Hey, that can barely get you down the road, but it'll Word. get you where you, you need can't to cross go. no state lines with Listen, that thing, but you can, you can go to work in school. And that that could be the first time that you exercise in some real faith. Man, like, how you so, going to get to Talk about turning that key is an is act of faith. Right. <laughs> oh, like, Jesus. Is the car going to turn on? Like, I've gotten, to, I had to be told so many times. 
Oh, it was ridiculous. I had AAA on the speed dial. Talk about it. But um, it means a lot more when you finally, you know, you saving up, you're working, um, stacking your cash to pay for your own car. And there's a certain pride that you take in, in paying for your own car and getting your own insurance and stuff. And something just triggers and you're a lot more careful Mm -hmm. with what you have. And so that just reminded me of what you were saying, you know, God, what, what you have and like when you are working for something and you're putting in your sweat equity, like is, is more value in that versus like if it were just given to you. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's, God is such a loving God. Right. And I said it earlier, how, you know, he's not going to recklessly bless us because again, it's stewardship. Like we're everything we're talking about now is basically stewardship. And if God has given each of us talents, skills, and abilities, you know, and because we're all different, we all have different talents. We all have different skills. We all have different abilities and that's okay. But ultimately we want to make sure that we're stewarding those things well. Mm -hmm. And I think for anybody, you know, to that may be hearing us and they're like, well, that sounds like you're just talking about working hard. It's not necessarily working hard. It's, you know, when you're saving up for the thing, you're saving up for the new car, you're saving up for the house when you're, you know, trying to put together the business plan and things like that. And you said it starts with understanding this is where my strength ends. This is where God begins. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure I handle my 80% and right. that's where I'm going to focus all my energy and effort on. So that way, when I do accomplish it, mm-hmm. there is a different level of gratitude that is possible because you know, God, this was like, I d- accomplished this major feat. Mm-hmm. This big goal, this big dream, whatever it is, but I have a different level of appreciation for God that for even allowing uh, me to be in this position. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm experiencing that right now with the symposium, where it's like, you know, when I started planning for this thing a year ago, um, it was literally like, all right, God, you know, I started with God. What do you want this to be? Mm-hmm. You know, I know that you've given me this thing. Uh, I have this this thought, this idea. Lord, what do you want me to do with it? You know, he told me a number. He said, I want 80 people. I said, all right, Lord, I'm in faith for 80 people. He told me what to do. And so at that point, it was, all right, let me do my 80% Mm -hmm. and plan for 80 people. Let me strategize for 80 people. Let me figure out how to reach enough people to get 80 people, all those things. But baby, there was a 20%. (laughs) There was a 20% of just full trust, like, Lord, you're going to have to do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do it because, you know, I can strategize and think through and use all the methodology and all the different things, systems, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. Yeah. It's valuable. But, it, but yeah. you had to do incorporate, we call it your due diligence, which means, you know, preparing for how God, how you want God to show up, like doing your due diligence so that when God shows up, like, you know, this was not of your doing at all. That's you cool. know and are very aware, I couldn't have done this myself. And I think that's kind of where some people get messed up because they'll give their 80%, but they think that that's 100 and that's as far as they could go. Um, and they think that that is the best, but they're missing with God, there's so much more that you have access to. There's so much more success that you can experience with him than without him. Um, and I think that in some situations, that percentage of the 80-20, it might vary. It could be, God, I am doing all I can, and this is the 30%. <laughs> this is- yeah, but but even like, and I know we're saying percentages, but yeah. like, if you know that you're giving all that you can, mm-hmm. then that is the 80. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to, to me, like that is the 80. And I think even, you know, one of the questions that everyone should ask when they're in the due diligence phase of, you know, the work and the productivity, the project, the task, whatever, mm-hmm. it's not only asking, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Right. What is the thing? But also, God, how are you going to get glory out of this? Holland, come on. Woo, like, Jesus. I think, I think that has Felt to be the that. question. <laughs> but because, again, like that is what we're talking about in terms of like, okay, how do we involve God in the project? How do we involve God in the work mm-hmm. and, and in the success? Because if we don't ask, all right, Lord, how are you going to get, how can you get the glory out of this? Mm-hmm. Or how can I create this in a way that gets you the glory? Because anyone can start a business. Anyone can become debt free. Anyone can buy a house. Anyone, you know. Anyone could do anything, Mm -hmm. but there's a difference between doing those things just out of just pure selfish ambition versus God, this is what I want to do to advance your kingdom. Now, while I may be the beneficiary of it Mm -hmm. in terms of I may be the owner of the house, it may be my name on the deed, my name on the title, my name on the business, whatever, but God, how can, how can I use this to advance your kingdom, Mm -hmm. right? How can people experience you through this goal, through this task? And I think that's just like a practical question everyone has to ask when they think about, you know, setting goals, when they think about what they want to accomplish, especially, you know, now we're we're in the new year, like, what God, how can you get the glory out of what I'm going to do this year? Mm-hmm. And I think when people start asking that question, that's when they're going to really start seeing God speak to them. Mm-hmm. And what that triggers is a perspective change. And so instead of thinking about, okay, I have all these plans. Let me figure out how I can fit God in it. Why not go to the source first and say, okay, Lord, what is your plan? Like, how would you have me impact the kingdom? How would you have me, like, what type of life do you want me to live? Let's let's start at a level of, well, what do you see me as, Lord? How do you see me living out my purpose here on earth? And then, okay, what can I do to live in that purpose, to walk in that purpose. What can I accomplish? What can I, what event can I put together? What job do I need to have? So instead of, again, just viewing it as, let me put God in my plans. How, how can I figure out a way for God's plan and my plan to be the same? That's good. Um, Because it is the same, right? Like if on a, on a true foundational level, it is the same. And so often people get off track with that. Right. Where they they create their own plans. And it says in Proverbs that, you know, you tell the Lord your plans and he will basically look at your motives. He'll look at your heart. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important to your point, going to the foundation first, go to the source of God first to establish, all right, Lord, what's your plan for me? Mm -hmm. So it's almost like I don't have to create any plans. I can have my ambitions. However, the ambition only comes from the source and the plan that God has given me, Mm -hmm. you know, like. There's a again. There's a difference between me just saying I want to build a big business versus I've called you to reach this many people, and the vehicle to that is building a business. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. What are this? What's the skill set I need to do that? Now that's where my eighty percent is. Mm-hmm. And God, you gave this. This is your plan, right? And and I th- and you hit the nail on the head where it's again the question of God, what's your will for me? Mm-hmm. Not God. Here's what I want to do. Yeah. And I know that you definitely have experiences with this, uh, with planning for the symposium and starting two businesses. So tell me a little bit about how you have been in tune to God during your planning process as you're making your goals. And um, as you think about your aspirations, like how are you tuned in and dialed into God to hear, you know, what his plans are. 
Well, you said it here. It's hearing. Like I've I've been super intentional this entire year, uh, just with tuning my ear to hearing hearing God's voice. Because ultimately, like with the big things that God has been giving me to do, Lord knows I need it. <laughs> like, like I'm at a level like I've always used the analogy that, you know, when um when Peter got called out onto the boat walking on water, mm-hmm. like I am so far from the boat <laughs> where at this point I have to focus on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's not I'm saying that jokingly, but seriously, like, I mean, obviously you see it, but every morning I'm spending my time with God. Mm-hmm. I'm spending my time, Lord. You know, leading God my step. Like these are li- literal prayers I pray every single day. God, leading God my steps in today. Spirit, Holy Spirit, whatever you want me to do today, mm-hmm. just guide it. I thank you, Lord, that you bless my hands and you give me the wisdom that I need to do what I have to do today. Mm-hmm. And that's that's literally my prayer every single day. And He just downloads into me what I need to do. And and I told you this, like one of the biggest things that um, biggest uh, uh, jaw dropping moments that God gave me recently, you know, was what do I do when He's silent? Mm-hmm. What do I do when God is silent? And that's been something that I had been experiencing the past, call it month. And not saying like I haven't been spending my time with God because I have. Yeah. But there are moments for a lot of people where, you know, well, what do I do when I'm spending time with God? I'm in my prayer closet, mm-hmm. but God isn't saying anything to right. me. Like I'm not having like my holy tears. And, yeah. Like I'm not having revelation. A storm. Uh, God speaking through the yeah, heavens. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like even you're just hallelujah. Thank you. Calling Jesus, down freedom. heaven. Yeah. <laughs> But, and, and, you know, so I'm praying to God, I'm like, Lord, like, I, I, I need to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. And he showed me, um, he showed me the story of the Roman centurion and Jesus and girl, this thing, man, told me up. <laughs> so in the story, it talked about how, you know, there was a Roman centurion. He had a servant who was sick and he knew that Jesus was in town. So he sent servants to basically get Jesus and ask for Jesus to heal uh, the servant. So Jesus went to the centurion's house. Mm-hmm. But this is the part that got me. The centurion sent servants back out to meet Jesus and said, Lord, you're not worthy. I'm not worthy to have you in my house. Mm-hmm. But I, I understand authority. And I have people that when I say go, they go. When I say come, they come. And I know that you're a man of authority. So you just have to speak. And I know my servant will be healed. Mm-hmm. And I've read that story plenty of times before, and I'm like, all right, God, you know, Jesus healed the man and everything. What act of great faith. Cool. But the, when God revealed this story to me again, it made me realize that the Roman centurion never heard Jesus's voice. No, he didn't. His, his servant. Actually. His servant yeah. was the one that actually heard Jesus. So what it made me realize and what God showed me was that I don't necessarily need to hear God's voice. In certain situations, Mm -hmm. when it comes to doing big things, here's what I mean. Oftentimes, Mm -hmm. particularly with the position I'm in where I have to go for big things, right? Or at least that God's called me to great, grandiose things where I'm like, all right, Lord, tell me exactly what to do. (laughs) But God showed me after showing me that that parable or that story, I should say, Mm -hmm. that when he's silent, that's my time to walk in my authority. Mm. So that's where essentially, yeah. you know, this entire year he's been working on my capacity to do big things. And within that, now my my territory has been enlarged to where now my 80% is a lot bigger than what it was a year ago. That's good. That's good. And so in that, I'm able to understand, okay, I'm going to still make sure I spend my time with God. 
but I also know what to do if he's not speaking. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, for me, just on a practical level, it's okay. If I don't have my revelation morning prayer where I'm, you know, (laughs) just slain in the spirit and I'm just, you know, but I also know, all right, if God isn't saying anything to me, Mm -hmm. right, which like he's speaking, but in the sense of like, I don't have that, like, you know, come to Jesus moment in the mornings. I know that, okay, this is just space for me. This is the unknown piece of the new 80% that I have, that I have to figure out. So there's a new authority that I have to walk in. And that's been like the ways in which that has allowed me to really keep things progressing. Mm Because I mean- Obviously, as you know, there's a lot of stuff I'm doing. I know. There's a lot of stuff. I know. And uh, like as you were talking, I just thought about, you know, when you think about the beginning of your story, when you talk about your prayer time with God, I think in that what I saw is a desire. Like it is your heart's desire. Like I need the Lord. Um, And it's not out of... um out of performance or it's not, you know, something that you just do to check it off the list. Like, okay, I did this for the day. Like I prayed, cool. I'm good. Let's keep moving. Um, and so when we talk about success, like, and while you're working like by involving God, I think it begins with an awareness that what I can do, I can only do, but so much. Mm-hmm. I need God to see the fullness of the success And also my definition of success might not look like God's. Like I have no, my mind can't even conceive what he has for me. And so success in the world is great. Success by my own doing is fine. Um, It works. Like you can get a lot of money. Yes, you can be wealthy. You can be rich. Um, You can have, you can be married. You can be in a relationship. You can have a family. So that's, kind of the world's definition of success is fine, but success with God is knowing that there's even more to, to that. Like, yeah. um, Deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and I think even to what you're saying that like, there is a, there is a desire, at least for me, but just for anyone that when you involve God in the process, in the productivity piece, it's the desire to see his will be done. But then it's also making sure you're throwing your whole weight at the 80%. And so we we talked about the due diligence and the planning and mm-hmm. everything like that. But when it comes down to the actual execution, yeah. now we're, we're talking about Colossians 3.23. We're talking about work willingly unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, I have to throw my whole weight at this. Exactly. You know, like regardless of how I may feel, there's a job to do mm-hmm. because I want to see God's glory come out of this. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I'm going to, you know, excel. Yes, I'm going to make money. Yes, I'm going to, you know, increase my influence and platform and all those things. But that's the worldly success, right? That's the level of the worldly success. But when we're talking you know, kingdom success, we're going deeper. We're saying, no, I need to do this because this is going to advance God's kingdom. People will be able to know who God is mm-hmm. as a result of what he's doing in me. Mm-hmm. And it it truly saddens me when I see the number of people who have never thrown their whole weight at anything in their life. Mm-hmm. And they make excuses as to why they cannot. When the truth is, God has given us more than enough and again, he, there are plenty of examples I could go into, but all God needs is what's in our hands. That's it. 
Yeah. And too often people are focusing more on what they don't have. They're focusing too much on the obstacles in front of them as opposed to just saying, God, this is what I got. Mm -hmm. This is my 80% right Mm -hmm. now. This version of me, this is the 80%. This is my two fish and five loaves. Talk about it. Talk about that. That was literally the story I was thinking about too. Literally, like, God, (laughs) this is what I got. And, And in that story, Jesus blessed it, broke it. Distributed it. Multiplied. Multiplied. Mm-hmm. Multiplication, because that's how God does things. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's that's what people need to understand. It's when you're working, when you're actually executing, it's a matter of making sure that mentally you're in a space of, no, this needs to get done for God's kingdom. That's where you get excellence. That's where you get you know good time management. That's where you're able to kind of just overcome self, all those different types of things when you ha- adopt that mindset of, no, this must get done, and mm-hmm. I'm doing this for the Lord. So the work that I'm doing is for the Lord. I may be tired <laughs> after, after all day, you know, with video editing and, yeah. you know, talking to people or being on meetings, whatever it is, but I understand that when this work gets done, God's kingdom gets advanced. Right. Let's talk talk about one of the things I laugh as um, just as I was thinking, because what is one of the things that really gets under your skin? Come on, you you know it. That is funny. Um, you put me on the spot. So I'm gonna tell you what it is. Oh, lazy people. I'm gonna say lazy people. <laughs> we talk Get about away. the execution phase because we talked about the planning phase and, and kind of how we operate there. Now we're talking about execution yeah. and the due diligence phase and really acknowledging what you have and giving it like what you can't give something if your hand is closed that's a fact or if you're afraid to open it and give to god but opening your hand giving it to god now again let's talk a little bit about the lazy Lazy people listen i will say i cannot stand lazy people Get away from thee. Like, I just, because, because I rebuke, I, rebu- I rebuke, every, I rebuke the spirit of laziness over anyone right now. Because to me, laziness is like the worst excuse. It's like the worst excuse. But I also understand that a lot of laziness just comes from not really knowing who you are, hmm. not really knowing what is in your hand. Laziness is, is, Usually the symptom of someone focusing too much on circumstance rather than what's possible. That's so true. And it bothers me to my core because, again, we're not talking about needing to go out to the masses and do all these great things and everything. We're talking about just doing what you can. Like, sure, you can't do everything. Mm Mm-hmm. But golly, you could do something. Like, <laughs> like doggone it, you could do something. Yeah. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, like in, in the context of um, you know, if we're working on a project, like, sure, you might not be able to talk on the stage, but daggone it, you can at least maybe clean up like something. Like, particularly because if we're talking about something that is in the lens of something that's going to advance God's kingdom, like I'm not talking about just any old regular schmegular task. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to doing kingdom work, which for any believer out there, like that's the work you should be doing. If you follow the process that we talked about in terms of the due diligence and then working willing until we're throwing your whole weight at it. If there's somebody that you're working with, or just if you reflect on your own life, if you know that you have not been doing what you're supposed to do out of pure laziness, then that's a problem. Mm. Like that is a problem. So I hope that you guys got value out of this conversation because we certainly had a blast having it. Uh, be sure to check out last week's episode as you prepare for next week's episode. And I'll even d- challenge you. I challenge you right now. 
Share this episode with somebody. Share this with somebody that you know is ambitious. Share this in your friend group. Share this in the group chat um, because, you know, God's calling you to do something. God's calling you to work. God's calling you to, to hire. And he's calling you to basically do your 80% so he can show you who he is in the 20. So I appreciate you. Always remember your dream is possible as long as you are willing to work for it. We'll see you next week.